So, um, do you ever like, do you like look at something through a, like a big nostalgia lens and then you try it again and it kind of sucks? Oh, absolutely. I cannot watch the X-Men, the animated series cartoon show ever again. <gasps> yeah, I know. I did that recently. I was like, oh boy. I, this is- I just have to let it sit in my memory and appreciate it for what it was. I don't remember why I tried to revisit some of the episodes, but I just went back in and I was like, oh, the animation is so bad. It's distracting. Like, right. <laughs> oh, it's so, it's real bad. And okay, so so that show was like my life when I was, you know, in like elementary, getting into middle school. Uh-huh. And I was beside myself because like my 12th birthday party, that was the weekend that they premiered the Nightcrawler episode of that uh-huh. show. And I don't, I must have had like a TV guide or something to know this. Like maybe I saw it at like a comic book store or something. Like, I don't know how I knew this ahead of time. Cause when you're a kid, like, you know, before the, before the internet and before the TV guide channel, like how did you know what the hell was going to show? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But somehow I knew this and I planned my birthday party around it. Cause like I could only have one friend sleep over after the party and they were also into comic books and X-Men. And so it was like a big deal. And of course we had stayed up all night and like, we'd lost our voices, but like we were so jazzed. And then I watched it and I was like, well, that is, I, I get it. Like, I understand that, like, Catholicism is a big part of the whole Nightcrawler characterization, but, like, it was real preachy. Like, he was literally a monk, and, like, the episode ends with, like, Wolverine finding Jesus. Like, it was so, I was like, what? All right, I guess. But, like, for some reason, I don't know, maybe I was just trying to find something to show somebody, but I went back and, like, revisited one of the episodes, and I was just like, oh, no. Mm. I can never rewatch this show. Like, it will just. I have great memories of it. It was such a big part of my childhood. I I just can't go back and watch it. But anyways, what were you talking about? Um, I was talking about Capri Sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just had a Capri Sun for the first time in many years and it sucked. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, sorry I had to live that. Nothing good has happened in 2020. <laughs> But let's go ahead and talk about a bunch of Spider-Man. <laughs> What's up, Spider-Pals? My name is Zeke. And I'm Kat. And we are here to ask the question, was Spider-Man there? And we don't know. He might be. He might not. We haven't figured it out. That's the whole point of the podcast. <laughs> this show has two parts. But basically, uh, what we do is uh, we throw around a couple of ideas. And we discuss whether or not certain things are canon for Spider-Man. Or if we have somehow accidentally stumbled upon cool new ideas. The show has two segments. The first of which uh, we'll get into now. It's called Elevator Pitch. Uh, this is where Cat gives me a theme for the week, and then I throw together a little pitch, and then uh, Cat has ample time to research. And the little catch here is that Cat is, what do you call that when you're like a professor, but you're not? Cat is an adjunct Spider-Man, <laughs> and I, I'm i a Spider-Man dropout. So, <laughs> uh, so I don't know anything about Spider-Man, so I throw these plots together willy-nilly, uh, and I basically just try to make them as fun or as interesting as I can. And then Cat does some research, and then she comes back and tells me if Spider-Man was there. There is a second part of the podcast, but Kat, do you want to tell us what it is? Never. Okay. I mean, later, but not now. <gasps> it's so mysterious. It's so coy. You have like your spider fan and you're like, yeah, Maybe later. Oh, you'll have to stay and find out. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, what's our theme this week, Kat? Uh, so this is our 10th episode. Congratulations. Happy and birthday, podcast. <laughs> happy, happy birthday, podcast. And... As such, wanted to do something pretty special. So for our 10th episode, we are featuring and focusing not on Peter Parker, but on everybody's new favorite boy, Miles Morales. Yeah. Now, yeah. At, the time, at the time we recorded this, the Miles Morales game just came out, right? Or no, it's not it has, yet. Oh, it hasn't it dropped hasn't yet. No, okay. the, tra- the trailer is a couple weeks old, but the That's game right. hasn't come out for a couple months. So the Miles Morales game has not dropped yet for PS4. I'm very excited to play it. But I honestly, I watched Into the Spider-Verse and that is literally the only thing 
I know about Miles is anything that's in that film. Which is not um, a bad place to start. And I think that that is the situation for a lot of people. Yeah, like, I honestly had not even ever heard, like, the name Miles Morales. And I know, I have, like, a cursory understanding of comics. I think we talked about this in the first episode, because I'm 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 really into DC comics. So, mm-hmm. like, obviously there's, like, some overlap, and it's like, I do know some of these characters' names and stuff. But I had honestly never heard of Miles before Into the Spider-Verse. And I, he doesn't have kind of a, he doesn't really have a big role in the Spider-Man PS4 game that came out, which I think is probably the only other piece of Spider-Man media that I'm like heavily engaged with. Yeah. I was surprised to see him in that game, but like pleasantly surprised. Like when he showed up, I was just beside myself. Yeah. Something that is interesting to me is how far apart the ages are, or they seem to be because in Spider-Verse, he's like a high school kid and like almost like a young one. But in the PS4 game, he looks like he could almost be like a college freshman. But I guess that's kind of the way Peter is too. Like sometimes, well, I guess, yeah, because he's like a kid, but also then there's Peter B. Parker, who's like a, a mess in his midlife crisis. But for this week, I wanted to put together a pitch that I felt like would diverge from a like a regular comics storyline or regular comic standpoint, because I don't I didn't have anything to go off of. Like I have no pre-existing knowledge of Miles. And so literally anything I come up with might have been canon or might not have. And it was mm-hmm. this one was really hard because I had to keep myself from Googling things. Oh, I was like, hmm, well, like, literally, at one point, I caught myself in the middle of typing in, like, how did Miles Morales become Spider-Man? And I was like, no, that's literally not in the spirit of it. And so I found that I was just like, lost at sea. So the plot that I have come up with, I feel like is one that I have not seen explored in too much Marvel media. I guess you could say that it echoes like Scott Lang, because I know that he was not super on the up and up. But for my pitch for you, I would like to present to you a Miles Morales who is not at a great point in his life. He, uh, for whatever reason, has gotten caught up with like some small time crime and, you know, just kind of like petty theft and like here and there little things. But I wanted him to come into contact with his spider powers, which I've decided to go the route of Spider-Verse where he does get bitten by a radioactive spider. But because he's already sort of in the vein of bad guyness, his spider powers just kind of immediately snowball into him being like a villain, more or less. But I didn't want his story to be standalone. I really feel like Peter Parker seems to be like an integral part of Miles' story. I I have not seen anything where it's been standalone. But again, like I said, I'm I only have so much to go on here. But I think that it would be really interesting to have Miles be confronted by basically like the foil to who he is. Like if he is a Spider-Man who uses his powers for evil, more or less to be confronted with a Spider-Man. That's like, I get it. It's not that I'm here to preach to you or tell you like, Oh, with great power comes great responsibility. Cause that's true. And that's what I was told. But I also have lived this life for a long time. And I understand how easy it is to just use this for your own good and to take, not the easy way, but the, the way that's, that's more beneficial to you, because being Spider-Man is a thankless job. But I think that there is, I think that they butt heads, and I think that there's there's probably like a big fight. But I enjoy the idea of Peter being bested by Miles. Like, he doesn't win the fight. But Miles sees this, like, tenacity in Peter. And so he's like, why, why won't you give up? Like, it's obvious that I'm younger and stronger and faster and better at this than you. And Peter's like, because I can't allow there to be this, this badness in the world when there is, when your power and my power have so much potential to do good. And I feel like I, I would have that really strike a chord with Miles. And in that way, he would then be like, well, maybe I have to take a step back and maybe I have to reexamine my priorities. And then that can then lead into like Peter teaching him to take over as the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of it. That's kind of where I where I landed with it. I really wanted to see if there was a storyline where Miles started out as not just like a mild-mannered high schooler or college freshman or whatever, but if he was like already, and again, I use the term bad guy because there's not really, for lack of a better term, but I wanted to know if there was a story where Miles started out a bad guy and then turned around for good to become Spider-Man. Okay. 
So for starters, the Miles Morales origin story that they showed in Into the Spider-Verse that I know that you and a lot of people are most familiar with isn't exactly how it happens in the comics. And it, it is always kind of funny to me to compare that movie to the comics when it's like it's a movie about multiverses. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, is this movie describing what happens in the comics or is this movie an, its own multiverse? You know, kind of. Like, okay. But anyways, because in the comics, Miles is bitten by a spider and and takes over for a Peter Parker who dies. Mm -hmm. The main difference being that the Peter Parker who dies is much younger. We, we talked a little bit about Ultimate Spider-Man. So that happens in the Ultimate Spider-Verse. One of the main differences is that Miles is very young. Uh, whereas Peter is, you know, 15, 16, which is still very young. Right. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wait. <laughs> um, in, in, in Ultimate, Miles is 13. Wow. And... I, as I was going through and researching and watching other clips, there was one that I stumbled on that was from the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon show where the regular Peter Parker that the show follows falls into Miles Morales's universe and meets Miles and he's like, oh my God, you're Peter Parker, you're alive. And like they go see like where Peter Parker's buried and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. Peter is kind of like not teasing him, but he's just like, you're you're too young to be to be spider-man and he's like um i'm 13 i can ride the bike to the store myself and i was just like <laughs> ah. but yeah in the comics he is 13 and i feel that they tried really hard to write a realistic 13 year old and mm -hmm. a lot of that has to do with his own insecurity as a hero and feeling a little bit lost both as what he's supposed to do if you know is he following in the old spider-man's footsteps can he fill those shoes he does have a mother and father, you know, he's more beholden to them than Peter mm -hmm. was to May, because I feel like not that obviously not that May is like an absentee parent, but I feel that, you know, I don't know, he like he was he could be absent for longer periods of time in the sure. story. And it, and it made sense, especially because sure. he was a little bit older. But one of the very first things that happens with Miles is if you remember from the movie, you had his uncle Aaron, who is the prowler. Right. And. He is also the Prowler in the comics, and he's basically like a world-renowned cat burglar supervillain guy, right? One he... of the coolest villains I've ever seen, by the way. Oh, absolutely. The The musical cues for the Prowler were oh, just mm, spine-tingling yeah. goodness. On honestly, every single time he was on screen, like it wasn't difficult for me to like predict where the film was going, but I could not take my eyes off him like any second he was on screen. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. But so in the comics, his uncle figures out that Miles is Spider-Man, is the new Spider-Man that's been showing up that everybody's talking mm -hmm. about. And he's like an independent villain. You know, he, he works for himself. And he decides to use that information to his advantage. And he actually blackmails Miles by saying, look, if you don't do what I tell you, I'm going to tell your parents that you're Spider-Man. And you know that's not going to go well because you know mm -hmm. what your dad is going to do. You know what's going to happen with your family. And he's like, you're going to help me on this job. And Miles is like no and he's like Do you, are you telling me no like i'll call your dad right now which is now which in is terrible in this story because i know in the film miles's uh parents are his mother is a nurse and his father is a cop which plays largely into the the whole reason that miles is afraid to be spider-man because mm -hmm. his father has such a poor relationship with the existing spider-man is that is that still the case in the comics yes yes and they definitely refer to how, like, as kids, um, Aaron and Jefferson were both, like, on the wrong side of the law, and then they clearly took very different paths. Mm -hmm. um, and so his uncle ends up convincing him, it's like, look, all I want you to do is come with me to take down this worst bad guy. That's basically hero work. And he's like, okay, fine, I'll do it. I'm just going to do this one job with you, and then that's it. And so... It's the scorpion who's like, he's like a big boss from Mexico and he shows up and then the Prowler and Spider-Man go and break into his like, what's that movie with Al Pacino with the cocaine pile? Uh, <laughs> Scarface? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with the cocaine pile. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when you said Al Pacino movie, I was like, um, it's going to be Scarface because I know she doesn't know another one. And then you said cocaine pile and I lost my mind. Sorry. That transported um, me to another dimension. So, so they break into his like Scarface mansion with all his minions or whatever. And then they just, you know, beat everybody up. And then the cops show up 
and Miles is, you know, getting it back on his feet. And he's like, oh, uh, here he's the scorpion. He's a real bad guy. And he was doing crime and trying to start a crime empire. That's probably against the law. And like, he looks around and is <laughs> probably like, gone. Yeah. He's 13. He's just like, and he's like really out of it. Uh, uh. He looks around and his uncle is gone. And he ends up finding him again later. And his uncle is like, okay, so our next job. And he's like, no, this is it. And then they have having a fight or whatever before he finally just like manages to break that cycle or whatever right uh, um so that was kind of an instance where miles like he's not a bad guy but he gets cajoled into doing bad guy work sure and i i do want to say like this isn't something that i've read anything official about but i do think that when they were introducing miles and they were like he's this afro-latino character he's right. a new spider-man he's a new version of a character that we all know and love i think there was probably a lot of discussion about not having him fall into certain stereotypes absolutely so i think the idea of having him start his story or start his narrative as a criminal would just be a bad look so honestly yeah that was something that i took into account when i was talking about this i'm not and i'm not coming to the defense of like the portrayal of like um afro-latino characters like this uh, for sure again i'm not a comics writer this is a fake pitch and I would be totally comfortable with having this like get shot down for those reasons. But I think it would be interesting to see like a character who is like, okay, well, you know, they're like, they're a person of color, they're a minority and they commit crime. And it's like, okay, but why does that happen? Like, mm-hmm. like we can, there's further examination that can be done. Which and so that is was why? something that I, oh. oh, I'm sorry. I was going to no, say no, that's no. kind of something that I wanted to like keep in mind while I was writing this. So um, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so that leads me to the second comic that I dug up, which is from a series. It was a limited series called Spider-Man 2. There was a Spider-Man series, and I think that was the first meeting between our standard 616 Peter Parker and Miles Morales. Um, and this was kind of their a reuniting mission of theirs, which mm-hmm. is freaking adorable because like Peter is the clueless 30-something-year-old that we all know and love, and Miles mm-hmm. is just too cool for this earth um literally and so the way that spy the uh, the first spider-men series ends is that they have this adventure they do their things and miles goes you know off and peter parker's like huh i wonder if, if there's a miles morales in from my world from my dimension and mm-hmm. he uh, he doesn't google it because that's not a thing uh he starkles it apparently the search engine is starkle stop this stop <laughs> it he and so the, the that series ends with him just being like huh and like it doesn't show you what he finds and so that plays into what the spider-man 2 series is about what he finds is nothing like literally nothing suspiciously nothing and he is talking to the miles we know about that and that's that's kind of weird and they end up talking to jessica jones about maybe doing some digging to find out if you know why what there there's really really nothing there's no there's no oh it's mila morales or you know like uh, and um and so she does her digging she also finds nothing again they're like that seems suspicious the reason they find nothing is not because there is not a miles morales in this universe there is and he he reads as being older which makes sense because in Spider-Man Miles's universe, like Peter was also younger. So it kind of makes sense that in this universe, Miles would also be older. And he was part of the Rigoletto crime family, just, you know, low level kind of whatever. Okay. And he's, when we see what's happened to him, he's out of prison, but then we get some flashbacks and he, he was in prison, but mostly because he took the fall for like, a family member of his or someone in the crime family or something like that. And he's getting assigned his new cellmate who is Wilson Fisk. Okay. Who, um, who yes, we, some of you may recognize as the Kingpin. And mm-hmm. in this story, Fisk is also working for the Rigoletto crime family. And he's like a muscle guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he comes in and he tells him that, that he has been assigned to miles as like a, babysitter in prison and he's like i'm just here for the duration of our stay also like i had to come to jail to do a stint 
for paperwork reasons, basically. But don't worry. Uh, in a couple weeks, they're going to find that some of the evidence for your case was mishandled and we're both going to be out of here. Mm-hmm. So they have this, this you know, kind of understanding and partnership. And in that moment, Miles is like, oh, well, I should probably tell you. And he like goes to his bed and he pulls out this fat stack of cash. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like uh, this guy gave me this money to kill you. So Fisk is like, well, okay, uh, thanks for the heads up. And he's like, well, I mean, I don't want this money. And so he like tries to give Fisk, Fisk the money. He's like, well, then I'll just give it back or whatever. And Fisk is like, no, you keep it. It's fine. You know, whatever. He's a dick. He doesn't deserve his money back. Ah. And then later on, that guy tries to attack Fisk like in the showers or something. And he almost gets the better of him. And Miles shows up and manages to uh, stop him and ends up with some gnarly face scars for his trouble. And in that moment, Fisk is like, I owe you a life debt and I will be in your debt forever. And they eventually get out of prison. Like, not, I mean, pretty soon they get out of prison because Mm of paperwork. And it's almost cute. (laughs) Um, They open up a restaurant, which is really, it's really a money laundering front for the crime family. They're still in the service of the crime family. And Mm -hmm. it goes very well. And there's a very cute scene where Miles is trying to hit on this lady and like have a date with her. And it's not going super well. Like he's being as charming as he can manage, but she's just a little bit awkward and nervous. And then Fisk dressed as like a maitre d' comes over <laughs> and and is like, oh, yes, isn't his restaurant excellent? And she's like, wait, this is your place. And then like when Fisk leaves, she's like, did you pay him to say that? And he's like, honestly, I would have paid him to not have that happen, which right? like the honesty of the situation gets them off onto a better conversation and they end up they end up in a relationship together but like they're like buddies like these two people are they're you know thick as thieves Mm. and they start having a talk and what i think is really important about Miles, this miles is that he has gotten involved in crime obviously but he through his actions shows that he does have like a moral center that mm-hmm. we don't understand why he got involved with the crime family, but you know, there's honor among thieves, basically, that there are certain things that he won't do. And he honestly wants to get out of it. Like he and Fisk have a talk and he's and Fisk is like, Look, what is it you want? Like, what's your dream? And mm-hmm. he's like, honestly, none of this. To have none of this and to just live my life. And so Fisk is like, All right, it's done. And basically kind of puts him in not witness protection, but basically like erases his existence from you know, the internet from all records and sets him up to live comfortably outside of New York with his lady friend uh, away from all of this. And she ends up dying and then Fisk approaches him and is like, well, for reasons. And so Fisk approaches him and is like, oh, hey, um, so when I was doing all this stuff, you know, and, and, and at this point, like Fisk has slowly, this is also kind of Fisk's origin story as the kingpin in okay, a way. Yeah. Yeah, and so as he's, like, working through things, he's like, oh, yeah, like, every scientist with a lab has tried to show me their technology, and this might be of use to you. And then he tells him about the dimensional portal technology that we saw into the Spider-Verse, and how, you know, he lost his Vanessa, and him just knowing that there is another one out there is enough for him, but maybe this is something that Miles is interested in, which is sort of what the Spider-Man 2 series is about, is about Peter and young Miles trying to figure out what the hell this is and who's using it and why and tracking him (laughs) down. In the end, though, he kind of gets the better of them and he manages to escape through the portal back to young Miles's dimension and he ends up meeting Barbara, the girl that he left behind um, in that dimension, and they hit it off again. And so it is sort of one of those stories where, like, he is a criminal. He has done bad things, but really, like, all he wants is a peaceful life with the lady mm-hmm. he loves. And he just wants to be away from all of that. So in a, in a way, it did kind of feel like, like the story you were telling me. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's, wow. I'm sorry, I'm really stuck on the Maitre D bit. It was really like I know, funny. Like, like I know the whole thing is really good, but when you said that, it reminded me of that part in Ferris Bueller where they go to the really fancy restaurant <laughs> and they try to lie their way in, and the major D's like, "You're Abe Froman, yeah. the Sausage King of Chicago." Yeah, that's that's what uh, that's what Fisk does. He comes over and he's like, "Oh, Miles Morales, the Sausage King of New York." <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> incredible. 
Uh, yeah, but this has not come out yet, but on the horizon coming up, I know that there is another comic that teasers have come out that show Miles facing off against another evil, bizarro Miles. Um, oh. and all we, know, we don't know a lot about it. Just, I mean, we know that there have been other Miles Moraleses out there and not all of them are great. But this one is Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 19. The issue is going to be called Outlawed. And that's just one I want to put on the radar. It's by a comics author that I really like, Saladin Ahmed. So I kind of have that like on my radar. I think that's coming out in like August or something, though. It's it's a little bit maybe October. I forget. I don't know. It's a it's a couple months out. So okay. just something to keep on the radar if you're looking for more Miles content. This is the first official West Spider-Man there where we have looked into the future. <laughs> Will Spider-Man be there? Well, we want to know, did he RSVP? Because we're trying to plan it. We need to know how many chairs. Does he want chicken or fish? We gotta know. So, given this, given just the very, I won't say the exact story, obviously, that I pitched, but the very loose concept of Miles beginning, like, starting out as, like, a like someone involved in crime and then turning away from that to become Spider-Man, would you say... That Miles Morales in the Spider-Man suit was there. He doesn't become Spider-Man. He just becomes a better version of Miles Morales. Which is arguably even better. That's true. So Spider-Man wasn't there, but a very good boy was. Yeah, Spider-Man wasn't there, but Miles Morales was there. That's, I like that. I really love the idea of the the story being like, and then and then he and then they all they were just they all got to take a nap. And then, <laughs> Honestly, and then every, yeah. And then everybody was chill and got what they wanted, except for one guy. I don't know. I really there's something very satisfying about that because, like, again, as someone who knows nothing about like Miles or his story or the universe he lives in or anything, like to look at it and be like, okay, well, this is just another person who's kind of worn the helm of spider-man to be presented with a story where it's like and then and then he just was good for his own sake is like really yeah it's got a lot of merit there i mean there have obviously been stories where 616 spider-man meets another spider-man who is a bad guy Mm -hmm. but i think this was definitely different because it was a story where okay this guy is quote a bad guy but he feels really sympathetic and mm-hmm. he's not bad because he's evil. He's just someone who has done bad things. And right. honestly, you know, that's not because he enjoys them. It's just uh, the right. life he's had. Right. I think that's really interesting. And I'm very excited to to look into that more on my own time. And you guys should too, because that's... Listen, just read, just read more stuff about Miles Morales. I don't, I, don't see what the, I don't see what else I have to pitch you. <laughs> In the interest of reading more about Miles Morales... Uh, maybe we should move on to the other segment. Let's go. Let's go. We're running over there right now. Come with us. Okay. We made it. It was long. It was a marathon, but we got here. We've been training for this 5k. Kat, are you ready to finally tell us about this half of the show? I'm ready to pull aside the veil and reveal the next segment which is called two truths and a fic in this segment i give zeke two canon storylines either from comics cartoons whatever and one storyline that i've lifted from an enthusiastic fan work and my i almost called you miles and zeke has to <laughs> you can call me miles if you want that's pretty, that's like a trans guy name <laughs> and zeke has to determine which of these stories is the fan creation I'm not good at this game. I've, every week I'm like, oh, then I'm not, maybe I'm not good at it. I'm just dead ass just now. I'm just not good at it. Um, <laughs> but I enjoy it greatly. <laughs> and this time I have, I have about a snowball's chance in hell because I don't know anything. Like, I don't even have a passing knowledge. Like, Kat could be like, and then um, in this story, um, Miles Morales met the his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and together... They saved Easter. And I'd be like, yeah, that's probably canon. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Like, he went to church with Wolverine. <laughs> okay, I listen. Last week we talked was it last week we talked about Wolverine being stinky? Maybe, I don't know. I have been saying that around my house, like, since we talked about it. 
like like everybody in my house has like a scourge now i'm just walking around and i'm like wolverine stinky like it's just not even for i just look at my cat and i'm like are you stinky wolverine stinky like so please uh, tell me some plots so i can stop thinking about wolverine all right well just so you know what's on the line today on the line we have a spider-man logo sticker that says be the ultimate which i thought was appropriate yeah okay that's oof that's a lot of pressure yeah all right so here's storyline number one Ever since Peter Parker's death, Miles has taken over the role of Spider-Man, protecting the city. With May's blessing and Peter's old web shooters, he feels like he might actually be getting the hang of it. Cat burglars and purse snatchers are one thing, though, and Miles isn't sure what to do when the supposedly deceased Green Goblin shows up, alive and well. And he's not the only familiar face back from the dead. Okay, all right, that's ominous. Mm. um okay i okay i can't wait to find out which of these is canon because if the, I, if this i need to know who who the green goblin is because which one of them it is but we'll move on this okay. one this one's a, this was a strong contender for being canon all right here's number two being spider-man has its ups and downs and miles feels like he's almost always in hot water with his friends family and the police It's a pleasant surprise to find out that while Miles can feel like he's been hung out to dry, the city of New York will always have his back. Okay. Okay. That's nice. That's, that one's, okay. Okay, I can't really formulate anything about that one yet. Go ahead and give me the third one. Miles finds himself in the company of his good friend Peter Parker in the noir universe. Mm -hmm. A good thing too. Because with a fatal femme fatale hell-bent on using the same mythic artifact that gave Peter his abilities to add to her own power, it just might take two Spider-Men to save the day. Oh, all right. Come on now. Any story with Spider-Man noir in it is going to be my favorite. Like, (laughs) I loved him so much in the movie. And now I have made, I am in a prison of my own making because I know that we're going to eventually talk about him. Maybe, but I, I'm loath to do any research <laughs> on like any Spider-Man because I'm like, oh, I don't want to ruin the game. But also I'm like, do you know that picture of like Kermit and he's like looking out the rainy window? That's me with Spider-Man Noirs <laughs> on the other side of the window. <laughs> okay. Wow. Oof. You always pick such good ones. Like I'm always like, man, this topic, like, is there even going to be anything for Kat to go on? And there always is. And I'm always like super stumped. Okay. Can you, okay, just remind me, in the second one, is there a villain mentioned in the little synopsis? Or is it just like, and then it's New York like, took care of Spider-Man? Yeah, it's like Miles versus the world, but also New York has got his back. I think that's the fan fiction, because New York's never had anybody's back. Not even this... in the first Tobey Maguire movie, when they're like, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. <laughs> I forgot about that. Okay, maybe, maybe. Just, um, just. I'm not trying Maybe. to sway you. I'm just throwing that out there as if I didn't mention it, I would get angry emails from myself. Oh yeah, later on. definitely. Um, where would you get angry emails, Kat? What's our, where, where can people send you angry? Emails? Oh yes. I would send myself in- angry emails to was spidey there at gmail.com. I might even angrily tweet at myself at was spidey there. Yeah. So honestly, if you just want to tweet us how you're feeling, we're fine with that. We we're good listeners. Um, we're really good talkers and you guys, and you're listening to us right now, but we will also listen to you. This is a community effort. So if you're if you're mad about Spider-Man or anything really, you just make sure you at was Spidey there or you can hashtag was Spidey there. You know, we're here. We'll we'll like the tweet probably. Um, okay. I'm trying this one is I think the hardest one so far. Again, because I have no frame of reference. You know what though? In my guts, in my jellies as <laughs> Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu would say, I feel like the second one is canon. I just feel like that would make a really good comic. And I think, you know what? I think the first one, the one that I said was a strong contender to be canon, I think that one's the fan fiction. And I think that the second and third one are canon. Because every time there's been like a goddess or a or a witch or some ancient thing. And I've been like, that one's the fan fiction. You're like, no, actually, that's <laughs> that's Shikla, goddess of the d- underworld or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, damn. So that's what I think. I think that the first one is the fan fiction. 
and then the second the in so it's like fan fiction canon canon so yeah, goblin back from the goblin back from the dead is fanfic uh-huh new york loves spider-man and ancient artifact full of spiders are canon yes yeah that's yeah that's that's what i feel in my jellies okay your jellies are not gelling nah damn damn how wrong how okay i know we're gonna go through them one by one but like how wrong am i you were you were really close you were very close man Um, this happened last week too i think didn't it because i changed my mind on one yeah is that the same that same thing happened huh yep Um, so so we'll talk we'll talk about them um so Mm -hmm. the first one you wanted to know that is norman osborne as the green goblin and similar to what we saw in the into the spider-verse movie um it's not just like i'm gonna go put on this green suit he actually transforms into a giant demon goblin monster Mm -hmm. this one was really oh yes oh i'm sorry i do just want to ask let me raise my hand to ask uh, a, a question i know we i know we did the episode on harry osborne and everybody's really tired of hearing me talk about him is that like a normal thing for the green goblin or is he usually like a guy in a suit Except for in this particular iteration, they've chosen for him to literally transform into like a monster. I think most quote unquote normal versions of the Goblin are a guy in a suit because Osborne is so tech heavy. I mean, obviously there are other versions like we talked about the Spider-Man version, you know, and stuff like that. But I think those are outliers. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is Miles Morales, the ultimate Spider-Man one through seven. And so that happens in the ultimate universe, which is number one, six, one, oh, and there were a lot of ultimate comic titles and I definitely feel that it was always, they were always Marvel was pushing what they could do in those comics. And so the idea of like, let's have him be a crazy monster was like, you know, that was an ultimate idea. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, And I will say that I think ultimate Spider-Man is maybe one of the only ultimate titles that people look back on fondly now. So let's talk about the story. This through me because I was reading through summaries and I was reading through like top Miles Morales storylines. And this one came up and this is a storyline. The, the person, other person who shows up back from the dead is Peter Parker. Cause like I said, that's what I thought that when you yeah. read that, I was like, and then it's going to be Peter. And so Peter shows up and I mean, he's been dead for a long time and like okay. it was a big deal. Like it was a multi-issue event and he died and there was a giant funeral and it was a big deal. And miles took over and miles, the Spider-Man and may has given him her blessing and the web shooters. And then blah, blah, blah stuff happens. And then we like see Osborne who Peter died taking out mm-hmm. and we see him like in a basement, uh, super prison kind of thing. And he's grumbling or whatever. And it's like, wait, why is he alive? Or, you know, what what's going on? And then, you know, Miles is going about his business and then he like comes home and he finds Peter going through his things and he shows up and he's like, oh my God, what is this? And he's like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, I would like my web shooters back. And he's just like, what? No, they're mine. They were given to me. They're mine. He's like, no, they're mine. I would like them back. And please so give me. He's just like standing there with his hand out, like, give me the web shooters. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's he's being very polite about it. But then they end up fighting, and Miles gets knocked out, and he wakes up, and Peter's gone with the web shooters. And the funniest half a dozen panels follow where Miles is like jumping out of his window, and he's like, clone, clone, clone. <laughs> and he's just like all the way back to his dorm just screaming and i was like i mean that's pretty genre savvy of you miles yeah okay it might be a clone it very might well be a clone um it isn't a clone it turns out that like the chemicals that made osborne this crazy super goblin and created the original spider-man made them both functionally immortal so like like there's a scene where Osborne is looking for Peter Parker and he goes and he finds Jameson and Jameson who, if you remember from the birthday episode is very indebted to Spider-Man and feels very protective of his legacy, shoots him like point blank in the head. And then he's like, okay, I just shot a guy and like is calling his office or whatever. And like, then you see like Norman rising up behind him. Ah. Yeah, it's it's very creepy. And so he meets Peter and Peter's like, yeah, um, I don't know why I'm alive. I like woke up in a disused laboratory. I went and found MJ. We went and dug up my grave and it was empty. So I assume I'm the real Peter Parker. I have no reason to believe that I'm a clone. I mean, the world is crazy. 
they end up taking out Norman again, and then he's like, you seem like you have the Spider-Man thing under control, so I'm going to let you handle it, and I'm going to go run off with Mary Jane, and we're going to go live in the countryside, and I'm never, don't ever think about this again. <laughs> Except Perfect. when Miles ends up in the 616 universe for keeps, then that Peter Parker takes over being Spider-Man in the Ultimate Universe again. But I was reading through these comics, and I was like, so we haven't had any evidence that that Peter Parker isn't just immortal, just forever right uh, we're not we're not talking enough about immortal spider-man but okay sure all right moving on um <laughs> uh, we don't see a lot from that universe but it's just like he's out there living his he's life <laughs> he's out forever. there and you will you'll never stop him <laughs> yeah basically so the last one was the other canon storyline and that's from spider-verse 2019 which was a six issue miniseries that came out last year and this one was a lot of fun it was very quantum leap where Miles Morales is trying to repair like the great cosmic web that ties all reality together or something like that. And basically his part of this whole process is jumping from dimension to, to dimension and helping to fix whatever's gone wrong or is about to go wrong or whatever. And so when he goes into Noir's universe, it's really cute because he's, um, Noir died uh, no. for, for a hot minute there. And in the spider getting event, but he got better, so it's fine. And so, <laughs> he got and so, better, it's fine. He got better somehow. It was not clear to me. But Miles is just overjoyed to see him, so he, like, leaps at him and, like, hugs him. And, and Peter's like, uh, guys don't really hug each other here. <laughs> it's yeah. the 1930s, we're repressed. <laughs> uh, but it's really cute, and, like, he is really glad to see him. And, yeah, it's, this plot was very Indiana Jones to me, so... Spider-Man Noir basically got his powers from this, like, ancient spider statue thing relic or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so there's this Nazi lady. She's, like, you know, a super Nazi. And she's like, well, I can also get the power from this figure and become super powerful. And I think I sent you a page of this without any context a long time ago where she's this lady and she's just, like, a huge glowing pillar of bees and miles is there like do you want a nazi made out of bees because that's how you get a nazi made out of bees wow okay i do remember that incredible yes so it's it is really silly it is very over the top kind of campy movie horror noir but it it is a lot of fun um mm -hmm. but yeah that that whole series was a lot of fun and that issue in particular was, it was just nice to see Noir again doing his thing. Um, so the, the middle one, the second one was the fanfic. And this is by far one of the cutest stories I have come across in a long time. And it's not cute in that like, it's a fluffy fic and they're in a coffee shop and it's so cute. <laughs> like, like it, it feels genuine and it it's so sweet, but this is a Miles who I, I feel like this story is based more on the movie turn of events. Okay. But this is a Miles who has stepped into the role of being Spider-Man after Peter Parker has died. And he's Peter Parker had been Spider-Man for a while enough to be established. And he's doing fine at it, but he definitely juggles that fear of, you know, if my parents find out this is going to be a big problem, if, you know, I, I he has one friend that he that knows and is his confidant, but that's really it. And he's out doing his job and he like I think he stops like a guy from getting mugged. And, you know, he's checking like, you know, if the guy's OK and he's like, yeah, yeah. um, Are you OK? And he's like, what? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm Spider-Man. And then like his stomach growls and he's like, come on, I'll get you something to eat. And like because the guy works at this restaurant that's like shut down for the night. So he takes him inside and he's, he makes him some Mexican food or whatever. And then he's like, he's, you know, explaining, he's like, oh, the other guy used to come in here. And he's like, oh, the other Spider-Man, he's he's and he's he's feeling really awkward. He's like, do I lift up my mask to eat? Is that like that's giving away something? And and um, the other guy's like, I don't care who you are under that mask. You're Spider-Man, just like the other guy was Spider. Like, I guess the news report came out and he was Peter Parker. But like, I don't know who that guy is. I knew Spider-Man. And then after he eats he like asks miles if he can take a picture with him because he's got a wall of like celebrities you know how like some people in restaurants and dry cleaners have like the wall of famous people that have eaten there and yeah, so he yeah, takes yeah. a picture of miles with him 
and then like post it right next to the picture of like Peter Parker Spider-Man. Ah. And then like a lot of the story is just him doing his Spider-Man thing and then finding out like how much the people in the city appreciate him and like support him. And I think I think this maybe is something that 616 Peter Parker doesn't get to experience because he's still kicking and which sounds so weird, but like Miles lives in a universe where the city thought they lost Spider-Man forever. Mm-hmm. And you know they they realized that they had something and and they a lot of the characters bring that up that like I thought I was going to have to live in a world without Spider-Man or I thought, you know, that that was over and you've taken up the mantle and that really means a lot, you know, just like it meant a lot when he was doing it and like there's a character who's like, "Oh, my sister works at this she's she works really late and she has to walk home and it's always really dangerous, but just knowing that you're out there makes me feel better." And I just thought it was such a sweet sentiment and the kind of thing that like you just wish Spider-Man would know that like people felt that way and that the city had his back and yeah so um that story is called The Family Brooklyn and it's by Tactful G Nostalgic and yeah I just wanted to give them a shout out for writing a really sweet heartfelt well-written Miles Morales story that's so good I really like that I I mean I really like all of these stories I think the Spider-Man Noir one is probably my favorite because I love Spider-Man Noir Nazi made out of bees. <laughs> a man made entirely of mutant bees. <laughs> Except for the Simon said Nazi, which is ostensibly worse. Much worse. Much worse. Uh, yeah, okay. that's okay. I'm, I'm like be the mediocre this week. <laughs> where's be my comic? Be as good as we expected you to be. Where's the Where's the Spider-Man comic? Um, Spider-Man average. Spider-Man. Eh. <laughs> Spider-Man, he's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks so much for um, telling me all about Miles and for listening to my incredibly long pitch. I do want to ask, Kat, uh, do you have any cool Miles Morales trivia for us this week? Yeah, yeah, I do. So you saw Into the Spider-Verse. and I did. I believe you saw Spider-Man Homecoming? Uh, yes. It's not yes. It's not a super clear memory, but I did see it. Sure, sure. Well, I know that you have been re-watching some of Community lately. Is that true? Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm on. I'm actually on my second watch through of it. Be- oh, okay, okay. So just a little bit of trivia that connects all of those things is Donald Glover, who... Okay. We know him as Troy from Community and Childish Gambino, the rapper from the musics. Mm-hmm. From the musics, <laughs> um, you know, the, from the music these days. You, you do. I don't, obviously. I only listen to Vaporwave. But what a lot of people don't know, because they weren't paying attention, was that when they were recasting Spider-Man for the Amazing Spider-Man movies, Donald Glover really wanted to be Spider-Man. <laughs> And there was actually a campaign to get him cast as Spider-Man when they were making the Amazing Spider-Man movies. But obviously, we know they cast Andrew Garfield, mm-hmm. which is probably fine for Donald Glover. Yeah, dodgeable on that one. Yeah, but there was sort of still a remaining legacy and kind of as like a nod to those fans who wanted him to be in those movies. There is an episode in season two where he's wearing like Spider-Man pajamas. yes. And then we did get to see him briefly in Spider-Man Homecoming as Uncle Aaron. He's he's the guy that Tom Holland Spider-Man like st- sticks to the trunk of the car with his webbing. Oh my god! Like, oh, oh my gosh! Yeah! Whoa! Okay. Yeah. And Brain blast. So we did get him in there, and should they ever revisit, you know, his character, like it is open. He he does look for those weapons. And he like is asked looking for climbers, which makes sense for a character like the Prowler. So we may see a Prowler character in the future. It's it's there. It's material oh, that please. Oh, that would be so hot. Oh. Sorry, I'm just a man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he also has a very very small cameo in Into the Spider Verse that a lot of people missed. But if you're someone like me who like whenever that movie freeze frame style it <laughs> cats looking at it like frame by frame like a stop motion film i absolutely did there's a scene where miles goes to visit his uncle aaron at his apartment mm-hmm. and the way the camera pans it's a little bit out and you can see the television that's on and the screen that's showing on the television that it flashes for a couple of seconds is that shot from community where he's wearing the spider-man pajamas ah oh my god 
So it is kind of just like a really cute Easter egg that like pays homage to this actor who, you know, wanted to be really involved. And he actually, actually another thing about he did voice Miles Morales in one of the cartoon shows. So oh, really? Yeah. So he is someone that is tied to the franchise that like really loves the Spider-Man character. And I just thought that that was a really cool thing. That is one of those reasons that Into the Spider-Verse is such a good movie because they really, they didn't just do lazy references. They really did things that show they understand who likes these things and who likes this series and who likes this character and why mm-hmm. that's that's so cool also like knowing that donald Glover is that into spider-man is so adorable like right? not that not that me it's like oh you're spider-man like pat the top of your head or whatever but like just like i love when a celebrity is really into like a nerdy thing like oh, henry yeah. cavill being so into the witcher i feel like we've talked about henry cavill on the podcast before but like henry cavill that he like lived in the Geralt armor and he like they were like henry you have to take it off and he's like no because this is what how Geralt would do he like wouldn't take it off <laughs> and so like they had to like keep remaking the costume because he was like wearing it out because he wouldn't yeah. stop wearing it well that's um, what i heard ha- happened with donald glover is that he wouldn't take the pajamas off and so they had to keep <laughs> <laughs> actually if you if you go back and watch community um he's wearing the spider-man pajamas under all of his clothes all the time absolutely you never know where you're gonna need to transform and then, of course, there's that episode where um, Abed becomes Spider-Man. Just kidding. That doesn't happen. He does become Batman. <laughs> um, but that's for my my own um, podcast where I talk about um, Wolverine for an hour. And then sometimes <laughs> I talk about Batman. <laughs> that's really cool. I really like that. And now I'm, like, going to go back. I'm, like, Googling it on my phone right now. And I'm, I see the, like, screenshot. And I, I can't believe I missed it because I usually have, like, an eagle eye for those things. But also, I had not watched Community yet when I first watched into the spider-verse that is so cool i'm really like i'm sorry i'm like really charmed with this it's very good so if if you are uh if you know if, if you know someone that knows donald glover or if you know him or if you are donald glover first of all hey thank you <laughs> and that second of all uh, two different people <laughs> uh second of all you should um tweet us where you can find us at was fighting there uh, on Twitter, or you can send us an email at listfightthere@gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Zeke, and I'm Cat, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Hey, Spider Pals, it's Zeke. If you enjoyed the stories we talked about in today's episode, you should go check out the issues. And they are Ultimate Comics, All New Spider-Man, numbers 9 through 11. Spider-Man 2, numbers 1 through 5. Miles Morales, Spider-Man, number 19. Miles Morales, The Ultimate Spider-Man, numbers 1 through 7. Spider-Verse 2019, number 5. And our featured fanfic this week was... The Family Brooklyn by Tactful Nostalgic, but it's like Tactful G Nostalgic. Like Gnostic, but you get it. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.